What's going on, guys? And welcome back to another season of the Mindify Crash Podcast. I'm your host, Tristan Taliano, and we have such, such big news to announce. If you guys didn't watch the YouTube exclusive episode that we dropped last week, then you're probably wondering where the fuck are we? After we recorded our episode with Boomer, we clicked, it worked out, and he said, hey, why don't you guys start recording this out of the shop? So we are now in Total Immortal Tattoo. Uh, We have a dope setup. I'm a big, big fan of the background here, and everyone here has been super, super friendly, and they're helping us a ton. So I'm really excited to kind of see where the show goes, might have all the artists eventually work their way onto the show show their work, talk about how they got to this point. Um, I think the show's starting to kind of find its path. It took four seasons, but um, it's starting to kind of find its lane, and it's a really cool lane. It's something I'm passionate about. It's something that I will enjoy. Um, And I didn't get to mention this on the bonus episode, but if you guys are watching this in the video, I'm going to drop a picture of the new tattoo that Boomer just did. If you guys remember, I had a Jason mask here prior. And this thing was busted. It was straight cracked. And Boomer's too nice to tell me that my tattoo was shit. But when I asked him if there was something we could do to fix it, he was literally like, we're fixing that right now. Sit the fuck down. And you're gonna you're about to get blasted. And what he ended up doing is something far cooler and greater than I could ever imagine. And I'm super, super excited to... Uh, watch this thing fully heal because this is like this is dope i was never a big fan of like colored tattoos you're not that guy pal trust me you're not that guy but i've accepted that now i am that guy so you know i'm uh i'm definitely turned on by it i think that i'm gonna let him do my entire arm potentially my entire body and see what happens this was like also i should mention this was free-handed This dude literally was like, all right, as soon as I told him that I wanted to fix this, he was like, sit down. He took a pen, made a few lines, and then freehanded the fuck out of this shit. Dude is a killer. He's a fucking killer. So, um, with that, I also want to mention part of us coming here, it opened up an opportunity for, for me elsewhere, and that allows me to record a vlog for Total Immortal. So we're probably going to do it like episodes once a month or bi-weekly. But with that, I'll um, I'll be recording everyone in the shop in a vlog style. Um, I've already started doing that. And once I compile enough footage, we'll start uploading those videos to YouTube. If you guys want to come out and maybe be on the vlog or just show some support, this Friday, Friday the 13th, I'm going to be up at noon recording all day for their friday the 13th specials if you guys are hip to the tattoo world you know friday the 13th is the best day to get tatted they're always throwing dumb deals here at total immortal they're going to be doing two price points they're going to be doing one for 31 dollars, and then they're going to be doing another piece for around (laughs) this is kind of funny they're doing another piece for 66 dollars and 66 cents so that's kind of funny so if you guys are, you know, looking to get tatted and you're looking to get tatted by a great artist for a pretty, pretty cheap price point and you got $31 or $66 to cough up, come see us at Total Immortal. 
you know what the vibe is. You guys will be on the vlog. If you guys plan on coming, you know, ahead of time, obviously text me, let me know so I can make sure I'm not filming another piece when you get here. Things like that. Um, it's going to be an awesome turnout. If you have seen any of these artists work, you know that this is uh, very, very hard to uh, just waltz on in and get a tattoo. So come on in, see us, show some support, show some love. Let's get into today's episode. Now, you guys are probably wondering, where is everyone? Why is it just fucking Tristan's ugly mug on the screen or voice? Either or, guys, Reagan thought that we were recording next Sunday. So I've been promoting for this Sunday. She thought I meant next Sunday. Total mix up, and neither of us caught it until last night at like, I don't know, 12 midnight. So uh, she's going to be in next week. I'm rolling solo today. Tommy might be here. I don't really know what, what he's got going on right now. He might be coming in, though. So if you see him, great. If not, he'll probably be here next week, too. So I do want to talk about a few things because a lot of time has passed since the season. Not a lot of time. I mean, it's only been like a week or two weeks, but a lot has happened in that amount of time. Um, so I do want to just touch on a few things. One, if uh, you guys are following, I'm, if you guys follow the podcast, then you naturally have to follow Jake Paul. I've kind of held you guys hostage and forced everyone that listens to this to, to be up to date on what Jake Paul's dumbass has been doing. If you guys do follow by your own personal choice, then you might have seen that Tyson Fury's kid brother, whose name is Tommy Fury, um, originally got into a little altercation on the internet with Jake Paul, and they entertained potentially fighting, and it never ended up coming to be, and mostly because I think Jake Paul's not really ready to fight a, a real boxer yet, but something that's really cool is Tommy Fury is making his U.S. debut on the Jake Paul fight card. So Tommy Fury, Tyson Fury, the Gypsy King's kid brother, will be in Cleveland, Ohio, on August 19th at the Jake Paul Tyron Woodley uh, boxing event hosted by Showtime. And that's going to be an awesome event. If you guys aren't aware, I did get tickets, me, my brothers, and then my dad wanted to go too. So we're all going to be going. And uh, I'm super excited to kind of just be able to see it for myself. Everyone has their own opinion on this celebrity boxing. Jake Paul, what is he? Is he good? Is he a bluff? Are these fights rigged? This and that. I want to go there. I want to see it for myself. Simple as that. Is the dude as good as some people say? Or is he as bad as some people believe? I want to find out for myself. Um, I do have a good friend. Shout out to you, Joe Russo, if you are listening to this podcast. Um, always showing support. Who does do, um, he trains out of strong style. And if you guys don't know what strong style is, it's in independence, uh, in that area of independence, uh, near Cleveland. And that is where the former UFC heavyweight champion, Stipe Miocic, trains. And Joe was there doing, a, doing some training uh, a few weeks ago. And he said that when he walked in, he saw these cameras set up everywhere, but he didn't really pay it any mind. You know, there's big names coming out of there. There's huge names coming out of Strong Style, so why would he care, you know? Um, so he was just like, whatever, get ready. Um, he gets out there, starts doing, a, you know, the heavy bag workout, 
and he says that he can hear someone talking behind him, and he doesn't really know what's going on. And uh, so eventually he, you know, his round finishes, his timer goes off, and he turns around, and there, sure as shit, Jake Paul is in strong style um, filming for Showtime. Showtime's been following him around doing basically like the UFC embedded series, but Showtime is doing their own version on him where they're, I guess, following him back in his hometown. So he said Jake Paul was there. He got to watch him get in the ring and, um, you know, hit the pads and get a workout. And he said that was, a, that was you know, cool to see. He didn't really care too much, but I'm, I, you know it was cool to see. So, you know, he said he, he hit hard. Doesn't really know if he's still going to consider him a boxer, but he just said he does have some power, so I'll give that to him. And, um, you know, I'm just, I want to see it, and I want to now go see it for myself. After he said that, I said, yep, 100%. I'm going to do this. I'm going to see it. Let's get it. Guys, we got a bunch more to talk about, but it is going to be a generally pretty quick episode because it's just me today, and I haven't done this in way too fucking long. So we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. All right, guys, and we are back after a quick break. Guys, I want to talk about the UFC and where things have been as of lately. I know a lot of you weren't able to watch the bonus episode, so I am catching everyone up on my opinion of the UFC fight cards that have just taken place. Literally yesterday, uh, Derek Lewis and Cyril Gain fought for the interim heavyweight title. Francis Ngannou, in my opinion personally, has not taken a long enough break to be deeming someone else the interim champ but look Dana's got to sign that it's the baddest man on the planet for a reason I completely understand uh but you got to still get past Francis and that is a freak show of a man my opinions after watching last night's fight you guys know how I feel about Derek Lewis I love him I think he's super funny but I don't think that he is worthy of being the heavyweight champion of the world at times, I don't even think he believes he's worthy. If you look at some of the tweets he's made, some of the comments, I get he's a funny guy at heart, but he did not. He did not take this serious, and he never has. If you guys have followed him from the beginning, he took his pants off years ago, and Joe Rogan said, why why you take your pants off on the middle of the stage? He said, my balls was hot. Daddy, chill. Come on, bruh. I mean, dude, your balls was hot. Bruh. Dude, let's just get into it. All I'm going to say, Cyril Gain looked amazing for a heavyweight. For a dude that I think he weighed in around like that 245 mark. Huge, probably 6'3", 6'4", maybe 6'5". Big ass man, freak show of a man. Moved so well on his feet last night. He was hitting different stances, going from southpaw, boom, hitting the bystantial movements. Yes, I said that, bystantial. This dude looked like an absolute freak last night. Picked him apart. in his Dude, he literally picked apart Derek Lewis in Derek Lewis's hometown in Houston. Fucked him up, was getting booed the whole time. This dude's such a sh savage. He literally came out to Paul Wall. The crowd thought that it was Derek Lewis coming out to some Houston fucking Paul Wall shit. Nope, Cyril Gain, the French freak, came out to that shit and was laughing, was laughing at Houston's face. But after he won, after he took the dub, and they strapped that gold around his belt, 
He was super, super humble, super nice guy, kind of hard to dislike, honestly. And he's 9-0 in his professional career, so he's still fairly new, you know. And those, I mean, that's okay, you know. Same with Francis. Francis really hasn't been fighting that long. So when you look at it on the big scale, there's nothing wrong with that. I think Cyril Gaines only been fighting about three years. And I think that's like in total, not like just professional. I think amateur and professional, three years, nine fights, and he's already got the, you know, UFC heavyweight interim belt. And uh, that's very impressive. I will say this. He now will fight Francis Ngannou, who I thought could not be touched. Looking at the way Cyril Gain moved, the way he fought, and the way he controlled the pace, he might be a serious threat to not just Francis, but anyone in that heavyweight division. I know that there's rumor, not rumor, I mean, Dana White said it himself, whoever wins from Cyril Gain and Francis now will get to fight Stipe. Um... You know, John Jones comes into the picture. Is John Jones going to fight Stipe? And then whoever wins that, fight the, the, the champ, whether it be Cyril Gain or Francis at that time. Um, there's a lot that is going to be kind of moving here in the heavyweight division in the next few, uh, next few months, probably. I'd say at least by December, we'll see maybe a new champ or at least a new contender. So I'm definitely happy that they're giving Stipe another shot at that title. There's one thing I'll always say about Stipe is I don't think that he was the champion that the UFC was looking for. And for that reason, they didn't hype him up for the absolute legend that he is. I mean, if you look at Stipe on a piece of paper, the dude is one of the best heavyweights of all time, of all time in the entire sport of mixed martial arts. And, uh, you know, he doesn't get that credit that often. You know, a lot of people are quick to just say, oh, you know, he doesn't sell fights. He doesn't do this. Look, Stipe's just trying to make money. He's just trying to feed his family. And he's a good dude. You know, sometimes it's hard when you put the good dude or the real dude in that situation and expect him to play fake to build the fight. He just wants to go out there, fight, showcase his skills with his opponent. And that's... uh. You know, to me, that's honorable. So I get it, and I'm glad he's getting another shot. I think it's very cool of Dana to give him that extra opportunity and kind of see what's next for him. So definitely keep your eye on where the heavyweights are going. If you guys are fans of the UFC, let me know what your predictions are for the heavyweight division. I'm excited to see where it goes, but I want to see where you guys think. Maybe there's someone that you think is working their way up the ranks right now that might take it. I do not know. All I know is that that division is stacked for a reason. I know Curtis Blades is going to be fighting next week, or soon, at least in the next few weeks, and uh, that'll be a great fight as well. So let's see what goes on. And, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely excited. I'll also want to just touch base on the Sugar Sean O'Malley fight. So Sugar Sean's opponent stepped in on 11 days' notice. And it was very, very strange because if you're, if you're a fan of Sugar Sean, you know he always comes out with the wild hair, you know, dyed all the crazy colors, sometimes the rainbow hair. It's always multicolored, and it looks insane. And he usually puts it up in braids or cornrows and uh, goes out there and fucking squabbles. The dude can fight, and he fights in such a almost like it's almost like a video game fashion. 
that it's hard to comprehend that a human can, can move the way he moves continuously for rounds on end. And uh, so super fun to watch every time he steps in the ring. But this fight in particular, the, his opponent comes out and he's got a like lime green head. And so it was funny watching two dudes with like dyed hair just go in there and attempt to beat the shit out of each other. I will say if you guys watched that fight, and a lot of people did watch that fight because anytime Conor McGregor's um, fighting, the entire world is watching. You could not care about the UFC. Conor McGregor is a household name, so people are going to be watching, right? And uh, so these guys get in, and this kid takes his fight on 11 days' notice. Oddly resembles Sugar Sean's style with the colored hair and shit, but um, a lot shorter, a lot stockier, and it's his first fight in the UFC. So he got called up. He was supposed to be taking a fight with whoever he was contracted with. Dana gave him the call. Absolutely, he's going to take a fight on one of the biggest fights in UFC history. I mean, literally, that was, I think, the second highest highest um, sold fight, the one in... in First is Conor McGregor and Habib. So, of course, you're going to take that fight. That gives you publicity like no other. And I'm pretty sure the kid's Instagram following went enormous uh, after that night. But I keep getting off track. So these guys get into the ring, and they start squabbling. And Sugar Sean is picking him apart from the beginning, dude. He is blasting this motherfucker. Lefts, rights, kicks. His jab was on point all night. Sugar Sean, I think, scored over 100 strikes each round. He has now the most strikes landed, uh, most most strikes landed um, in his division. So in an entire fight, and he only went three rounds, that's absolutely insane. Shows where his cardio is at. He kept picking this kid off, and the kid would not fucking go down. They would not. He, he just wouldn't go down. In the first round, he did get picked off. He fell to the ground, almost got choked, but he was saved by the bell. So that helped him. The rest of the fight, this kid just stayed taking headshots. He didn't do much damage to Sugar Sean O'Malley. But, I mean, dude, even the commentators were like, this kid is a psycho for being able to withstand this much damage and keep coming forward. If you guys have ESPN Plus, I highly suggest you go back and watch that. That UFC fight is now available on UFC Plus. I would go literally back and watch that fight if you haven't yet. It, there's nothing quite like it. I've never really seen anything like that before. It was absolutely mind-blowing. And, and, and it didn't take away from Sugar Sean O'Malley because obviously... He was the reason that this kid was getting the credit. He was the reason that this kid was getting credit for not going down because Sugar Sean has hands, right? The kid's got hands. He's got two bricks for hands. And uh, the dude just took it somehow. They ended up calling the fight with, like, I think, like almost 30 seconds left in the final round, and no one understood why. You know, Joe Rogan was kind of upset with it. Like, you let the fight go on this long. Why would you call it so close to the end? But we have to understand, when you're taking over 300 blows to the head, 300 plus blows to the head, and you haven't gone down, you've remained conscious, 
that could have serious long-term effects. That could do something to you long-term that I don't think anyone really can comprehend. I mean, you don't know until, it, 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 honestly, it sadly gets to that point. And no one wants that to happen, especially for these guys just trying to put food on the table. You know, they're just trying to make money. So definitely something that um, I, can, I understand. Look, the kid wasn't winning the fight anyway. There's no chance, literally zero chance that he was going to come back in the last 30 seconds where he lost every round and somehow win that fight. It just it was not happening. So, um, guys, let me know your opinion on that fight. Let me know if you're a fan of this kid. I can't remember his name right now, but um, I see his face in my sleep. I could literally pick the kid out of a lineup. Um, and then let me know what you guys think is next for Sugar Sean O'Malley. I mean, he has, in my opinion, he's proven himself. A lot of the guys in that division aren't a big fan of him. They think the UFC kind of helped make him this superstar because he's not really fighting um, at a high rank yet. He's not ranked high himself, and he's fighting like unranked people still. He's so low in that like 15 spot that, you know, he's not like a, the biggest name in that division, but I think he could be. And in my opinion, I think that if he takes, if he jumps, you know, six people and goes and fights for that top five or, you know, somewhere in that range for that spot, he should be golden. In my opinion, he should be able to get a title fight within the next year if he can make that jump and catch him a win. So let me know who you guys think Sean O'Malley should fight next. And let me know if you guys think that he is worthy of the championship, if he's worthy of that gold strapped around his waist. I know I've been talking a lot about the UFC, but I'm not done yet. So if you guys are tired of it, you might as well just keep skipping every 30 seconds until I'm done. You feel me? We are going to be talking about the main event of that fight night, and that was Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor. Oh, my God. What a night. There was a lot of beef going out. Pretty much ever since their second fight, there has been lots of talk, lots of drama. And this all started with uh, Conor McGregor agreeing in the second fight that he was going to make a donation to Dustin Poirier's Good Fight Foundation. And after the fight, they didn't see the money. And when Conor said something kind of cheeky on the Internet, Dustin pretty much responded with, um, you know, you can sign a contract, but you can't send the money type deal, you know, made a shitty comment back to him. And it was just two dudes bickering, you know, it wasn't anything crazy, but Con you know how Connor is and Connor cannot stand disrespect. Connor's kind of a head case when it comes to this shit. So Connor lost his cool, um, you know, try to call off the fight, try to do all this shit. And ever since then, it's been very, very mm, bad between them. Let's just say that. Uh, Connor's threatened to like try to kill him, all kinds of crazy shit. And you know, people get afraid of Connor because one of who he is, he is a madman that can fight like no other. But uh, also because of the Irish goons, you know, there's no telling what those guys are capable of. So I, I get it, you know, it's uh, definitely something that you keep your eye on because it seems so fucking insane. Well, going into this fight. Lots of drama, lots of talk. The fight, you know, it starts, and it it's hard to tell. When there's just one round that you can kind of base your opinion off of, 
it's really hard to tell where that fight would have went. I think overall, yes, Dustin won that round, but that doesn't mean anything. I also saw a side of Conor McGregor that I haven't seen in almost, I don't know, four years. So that's also, like, I got to keep that in consideration too. Conor was using his kicks in a way that he hasn't in a very long time. His movement was amazing. He looked really, really good. And uh, so that, honestly, I think that fight could have went either way. But tragically and unfortunately, Connor, um, you know, came down off of a kick and broke, I, I want to say he broke his ankle. Um, and it was a nasty thing to see, you know. This is what I'll say. You know that Conor McGregor is unlike anyone else because the last few times that we've seen leg breaks, um, they're not the same leg breaks. These are two totally different. But the last few times, um, these guys have been down and out. Anderson Silva, down and out. Terrible break. Weidman, down and out. Terrible break. This motherfucker, his ankle touches the mat, and he's sitting there doing a full-on interview. And, guys... Let's talk about what he was saying on this interview. Damn, son, where'd you yeah. find this? Yo, if I had this sound, the your wife is in me DMs, I would have it on this soundboard. Because, oh my God, that was some wild shit. Daddy, chill. I need him to chill the fuck out when he's saying that crazy ass shit. Long story short, he started talking about Dustin's wife. Started saying, your wife's in my DMs, wants me to meet her at the nightclub, this and that. Uh, saying, I'm going to kill you, fuck you. It, a lot of crazy shit. And Joe Rogan's just sitting there with the mic like, oh shit, hell yeah. And, uh, you know, so Dustin was just like, you know, fuck him. You don't say shit like that, but whatever. They left. And uh, Connor got on the internet and was basically just like, you know, you need people like me. As much as we don't maybe agree with some of the wild shit he does he is right you know we don't just need people like him for the ufc to exist but you kind of need those people for the world to exist at times and um do i think he's evil no do i think he's an asshole absolutely i mean it's conor mcgregor of course he is and there's times where I really enjoy watching him. There's also times where I really enjoy watching him get his ass whooped. So it always just depends with him, and it depends on what Connor he's bringing. But it looks like the Savage is back, and uh, you know we know that there's there's no stopping that version of Connor McGregor. He will do whatever it takes to get into his opponent's mind, and if he can't, he will just try harder. I mean, look at what he did with the Habib fight. He literally picked up a chair and threw it through a bus window, um, injuring people on the bus. I think Rose Namajunas got cut. Um, people were injured from that fight or from that, you know, altercation. Threw a chair through the bus with his goons trying to get to Habib. I insane. Absolutely insane. So for my, you know, my honest opinion and my honest take is, um, you know, sometimes the world works itself out. And when you say things like that, you do things like that, bad things happen. And um, obviously no one wants to see a competitor get a nasty break like that. But, uh, you know, was it deserved? Potentially. Um, guys, enough with the UFC. Let's get back into the episode. All right, guys. And before we wrap up today's episode, I just want to say, 
if you or someone you know are maybe good at video editing or they are just like technically inclined, I could really use your help this season. Uh, from start to finish, I'm doing everything. I'm doing the audio editing. I'm doing the video editing. I got this fucking sound bar now that plays the Pornhub tune. And trust me, it's dope, but it's a lot of time that I'm taking out of my days to like make sure everything's in order on top of also recording, booking, and doing all that other shit that the podcast requires. Um, so I'd like to really add to the team, uh, especially with people who are like good at maybe one specific field of production. Um, so if you or someone you know might be qualified for that, reach out to me. Um, we'll, I'll call you. We can text. Make sure you're a good fit for the show. And then, by all means, please, please come aboard. Um, I want this season to be super, super dope. I want to be able to kind of make it something it never was before. You know, I've been talking with my friends a lot lately on what I expect out of this podcast. And, you know, I started this because I enjoy it. And I've continued to do it for now four seasons because I enjoy it. And, um, you know, I don't necessarily have any expectations. But if I can make this the best experience possible for you guys, um, I 100% want to. And that's where, like, I'm looking to constantly add and innovate and find ways to make this its its own thing and not just another podcast. So, guys, literally... Anything that you want to see, let me know. Um, I, I usually like will like drop things, and you guys have been awesome with like giving me feedback. And you know, say I need like, hey, share with me the most crazy time at Halloween, and I drop that into like my story. You guys will do a really good job of like responding to that and letting me know so I can share it on the show and things like that. If there's things that you know you want to see, dude, send it to me. At 100%, you send it to me, I will make it happen. I absolutely love and adore everyone who listens to this show. Um, so, yeah, 100%, I want the season to be huge. With that, we are also going to be doing um, some really cool shit. If you guys haven't seen, we have a, not a new, it's not a, like a new logo. I'm not changing the podcast cover, but it is a new logo that is like a little mind if I crash symbol that Boomer drew up and it was exactly what I wanted. So if you guys are watching this in the video form, you're going to see it probably like on the bottom of the screen, maybe where I'm pointing. Um, and if not, like it's literally like the profile picture on the Instagram page. I'm thinking I'm going to start putting that shit on T-shirts and hats, start making merch like for real. Um, and then I'll probably sell it out of here, out of the shop. So if it's something you guys want to see, let me know. If it's something you guys would be interested in, like, wearing and supporting, by all means, just tell me and I'll make it happen. Um, I'll probably just sell t-shirts for, like, 20 bucks. So let me know. Um, if you guys got any requests on merch, please tell me. I have a few posters still um, that I 100%. You're looking for a poster, let me know. And uh, I'll probably do like hats and maybe even like a Letterman jacket. Maybe I'll do like one Letterman jacket that I'll raffle off for uh, something at the end of the season. 
Oh my God, I almost forgot to say that too. Guys, life widgets. Um, we did the cash drawing. We got three lucky winners, and I was able to FaceTime them and let them know they won. Uh, that was an awesome, awesome experience. Super grateful for what Life Widgets was able to do for us. And um, great way to help my fans, you know. So thank you for everyone who signed up and showed not only me support, but also the app, Life Widgets. And uh, that was super cool, guys. So, like, definitely shows that, like, the podcast is making that step in the right direction. Um, just having, like, having a company back you. Like, it, it's crazy that this is something I started in a room in my house. And, like, I, it, it became something I could not have ever imagined. And it's been really good for me. If you guys know my past, you know that I've struggled. Like, I've really, really struggled for a long time to just, like, be okay with myself and be okay, like, with my situation. And it's, it's wild that, like, you find yourself in sometimes the weirdest place in life. Like, I never thought that this would be a form of therapy that, like, I almost needed to survive, you know? Like, fuck, dude, my life was so bad, like, so bad. I had nothing. I literally had nothing. I, dude, like, there there was times where, like, I would literally, like, I was homeless in fucking South Florida and would wake up on a beach, like, in the middle of the night, I'd wake up to fucking people, like, recording me, probably on their Snapchat and shit, just like, like, dude, we thought you were dead, and, like, dude, like, just down, like, I was so down and out, and just to, just to even be in this situation is insane, like, it's absolutely insane that I have a family, I have everything I need, and... The days that, like, any day that I'm struggling and I'm, and you know, God willing, like, they're not often, I can just, like, reflect on the things I'm grateful for. And it's insane to believe that, like, I came from so low and feel like I have a purpose now, you know? And, and this definitely helps contribute to it. <clears throat> and so, like, thank you guys for following this and supporting me and... It's it's really cool to see kind of where I've come. And, you know, that's an ugly part of my life that, like, I didn't document that. So, like, people don't know what I went through. And I don't expect them to because, like, that's not an easy thing to even comprehend, let alone live through. Like, how I got through it, honestly, I think that I, um, you know, I, I, I think that I... Just put it in the back of my head. And honestly, I, you know, even still, like right now, I'm putting it in the back of my head because it's, uh, it's hard. It, it really is hard. There's times where you know you don't recognize yourself. You don't recognize yourself in the mirror. You don't recognize the shit you do just to get by. You don't recognize any of it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy that once you kind of come out from that, if you're lucky enough to even get that opportunity that, um, you know, you just, you look at someone you, you, you'll never really recognize, you know, even till this day, if I look at myself in the mirror, a hundred percent, I, I know who I am. I'm confident in who I am. 
And, uh, you know, I'm happy with who I am. But when I look back on that person, it's still, it's someone I don't know. It's someone that I don't know if I could ever have a connection with or feel sympathy for. I, I hate that person. I'm grateful for what that person was able to let me do. Uh, not that sounds fucked up. I'm grateful for that person keeping me alive. You know, that version of me kept me alive through a time that was incredibly hard. And that's about it. You know, the rest I kind of just shut shut the door on. Because it's not serving me in my life anymore, you know, and there's a weird part in, in early recovery where you essentially have to leave that door wide open. You have to leave the door of the past wide open so that you can kind of um, reflect and acknowledge the things that need to be worked on. And that's not easy, but it is, you know, it's almost mandatory that it happens. But I've found that like now that um, I've worked through a lot of those things, a lot of those like, you know, demons that there's no reason for me to just keep fucking living in the past, you know, especially where like I'm not a fucking businessman, but dude, I'm trying to grow something. I'm trying to grow the show and I, I definitely don't need to be fucking worrying about what's going on in my past. Like I'm, I'm eyes set on the future, trying to grow the show, trying to fucking be there for my family, be a good father, you know, be a good partner, be a good son, good brother. Those are the things that are important to me today. And that's what's hard for me to comprehend at times. It's hard for me to comprehend that I used to be a person that was so sick and so disturbed that I couldn't even be there for my family, you know? I could not be that brother. I could not be that boyfriend. I could not be that son at all because I was so busy feeding this beast that needed to be attended to. Like a toxic relationship, I would run to feed my addiction every day over being there with my family, you know? And those are the those are the moments that I really really struggle with cuz I can I can block out the things that maybe sucked for me, you know, like sleeping outside and fucking just being out there, dude, like just out there in the slums, fucked up. I can I can block that out. I can ignore that. But my mom crying my dad, like my dad crying, that is so, that's so hard. It's so hard for me sometimes. I, I don't know, you know, like, dude, I am super, super, super grateful. Last night I was able to go to my brother's soccer game and just was able to be there, you know, in the moment with my family, with my brother's with my parents, with my daughter, and just be present in the moment without having to worry about, oh, shit, like, am I going to be dope sick? Do I need to go cop? Like, do, like am I going to be okay? Can I, can I actually be here? And, like, if you, if you never struggled with addiction, you guys would not understand the, um, the issue of, like, not being able to just be present and be in the moment. Because we are always thinking 
about our next move, our next play. How are we going to get money to make sure we have enough so that we can get this and do that? And it's just so exhausting. And being able to just live right there in the moment was beautiful. And, uh, you know, I owe the, all of those moments to my, my family, you know. I owe it to me and I owe it to my family to just be there and be the person that I wasn't for such a long time, you know. So, I don't know why, like, I'm out here emotional as fuck right now. It's probably because I'm recording by myself, but sorry for that. Um, cue the gunshots. Brick Squad Monopoly, bitches. Yeah, we ain't crying out here. Fuck is you talking about? Honestly, I just want to thank you guys. Because y'all be, like, sitting through some some bullshit sometimes. I know I'd be talking about shit that, like, you guys probably don't want to hear. You guys probably don't fucking care. Yeah, I, like, I don't, I'm not mad about it. I can't blame you. But thank you for sitting through it. Because I know it's probably annoying at times. Um... Yo, shout out to uh, shout out to my guys though. I want to just do a quick shout out to some of my dudes who have really, really been helping me lately. Um, just like brainstorming ideas, helping grow the show. So, a shout out to my guys: Justin Mott, Max McCarty, Matt Cannon, Logan Mahar. Um, you know, I'm rocking with you guys, and I know you guys are rocking with me. You guys have uh, really, really helped me. Just like be confident in what I'm doing and help grow the show so thank you guys you know daily basis you guys are there so i appreciate y'all more than you might know guys before we wrap up i just want to say once again if you guys want to be on the vlog to get a tattoo by one of our artists here at total immortal um reach out to me and let me know what what you're going to be doing when you're going to be doing it and if i can swing that and be there I'm 100% getting you on the vlog. So if it's something you guys want to do, you got a dope piece in mind, bro, hit me up. I'm going to be recording as of right now, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I usually try to be there. One of those days, if not all of those days. So like for this week, I'll be there Friday because it's Friday the 13th. I'll be there all day. I'm not going to be there any other day this week. If you guys want to be on the vlog... You got to be there on Friday the 13th. Doors open up, I think, at noon. I'll verify, but I think doors open up at noon. First come, first serve. You got two choices, two price points to choose from. You got a $31, and you got a $66.66. So you got two really good price points, obviously, given what, um, you know, you, dude, tattoos aren't fucking cheap. That's cheap. That's a great price to get a dope piece of artwork done by all of these amazing artists. So if you guys want to do it, come on in. Um, another thing, if you guys want to potentially be a guest on the show, just hit me up. I got to get like Marcus Salas, bro. You have been so patient with me. I've been fucking around, literally fucking around with you. I got to get you on the show. I promise I'm getting you done this season. You are coming on the show. Uh, but if any of you guys want to be on the show, um, you want to promote yourself, your business, your whatever the fuck, let me know. Come on the episode. Guys, thank you for tuning in to the newest season of the Mind If I Crash podcast. I'm your host, Tristan Taliano, and I will see you next week.